SMS SAFM now on 41391. Tweet at SAFM Radio and at Patricia M. Dooley. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, Dr. Jill van Kutsum, who's an honorary research associate at the Center for Infectious Disease Epidemiology and Research at the University of Cape Town. Thank you very much, Dr. van Kutsum, for joining us this evening. Good evening, and thank you for inviting me. Now, it, it seems that uh, you have gone through some extensive research um, and looked at South Africans who are still um, dying from an HIV-related uh, sicknesses and illnesses. And it, it's all because there is no treatment plan, something that is readily and at most times freely available in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've launched uh, yesterday the... Um, strategic bid to end cryptococcal meningitis deaths uh, by 2030. Now that's a mouthful, but it's a it's a major cause of death of people living with HIV. Um, the tests exist, the the treatment exists, but but yet very very few people uh, in resource limited settings in Africa, even in South Africa, are accessing it. Why is it that people are still reluctant to get tested and treated for HIV um, in this day and age? Oh, I mean, that, that's a, it's a different question. Um, I, I think you know, if we look at uh, worldwide, about 81% of all people with HIV have been tested. So it's, a, it's only a small proportion of people that do not test. What we are seeing is that uh, taking lifelong antiretroviral therapy is is not that easy, and so we see people who interrupt treatment because of um, life uh, situations, because um, just things happen, and who come back uh, to the clinic with advanced uh, HIV. So in the past, the majority of people with AIDS were people who had never been on treatment, who had never tested. Now, increasingly, the majority of people with, with very severe uh, um, HIV-related illnesses are people who are uh, either have stopped, have started treatment and stopped treatment, and uh, come back when they are very sick, or uh, people who are failing treatment because um, the. Uh, they interrupted many times and they have developed uh, resistance to antiretroviral treatment. Doc, I'd like us to talk about this uh, cryptococcus fungus. And uh, I understand that it's a, a fungus that is found everywhere in the environment, but people with a compromised immune system um, are at high risk from uh, becoming very ill from it. Maybe let's talk about where it's found and how one can be severely affected by it. So. You know, the cryptococcus fungus is, is in the environment. You, I, almost everyone gets exposed to it, but, but if your immune system is robust, uh, it keeps it at bay and, and people don't get ill. People with very weak immune systems um, cannot defend themselves and then uh, um, the, the cryptococcus fungus uh, invades um, your, your system and most, well, actually can invade any, any part of the human body, but most commonly invades the, the, the meninges, the, the 
effect around the brain and causes what, what's called uh, meningitis or cryptococcal meningitis. Um, and without treatment, um, mortality is 100%. Mm. Now, my concern would obviously be that um, people who have an, a compromised immune system and they are not taking treatment would be, um, obviously, those would be in the, the, the high percentages of those who would die from um, uh, cryptococcal meningitis. And, um, and it seems like it's people under the age of 40 who end up with this particular uh, disease and dying from it. Before I even ask you, doctor, let me invite our A-teamers. A-teamers, perhaps you you have not tested for HIV or you are HIV positive and you've got some questions around this cryptococcal meningitis. Please do call in and ask the doctor. Our doctor is Dr. Jill van Kutsum. The number to dial in on is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 614 Why have you not tested if um, you, you one that does not know your status or if you're one who knows your status? Why is it that you're staying away from taking treatment that will help your immune system? You can also send SMSs to 41391. Uh, doctor, for the treatment or even the diagnosis of cryptococcal meningitis, what is the diagnosis? And uh, subsequent to that, what is the treatment? Mm. So the diagnosis is actually fairly easy. It's, well, it's a two-step diagnosis. First, there's a... There's a finger prick test, really finger prick blood test within a bit like the HIV test can be done by by nurses or even counselors, and uh, within 15 to 20 minutes, you know whether there is uh, whether there are antibodies to cryptococcus inside your blood. That means that uh, you're infected. It doesn't mean that you already have meningitis. And so people who, and, and South Africa has been relatively good at uh, rolling out screening for uh, cryptococcal meningitis. So now if you have, if you test for HIV, you do a CD4 count. If your CD4 count is below um, 200, then automatically the, the national laboratory uh, system will, will test your blood for, for um, cryptococcal antigen, uh, Craig. And then you, if if you're if you don't have symptoms of meningitis, you can get treatment with a relatively cheap drug, fluconazole, which uh, decreases your chances of getting meningitis. Now, the the more severe form is when you already have symptoms. You have headaches, um, you 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 become confused or weak. Uh, then we're talking about that. That means that uh, the infection is already um, um, present. In your brain, and uh, and then we need to do a lumbar puncture. Uh, the lumbar puncture is really putting a needle inside your um, well, um, your vert- inside your uh, <laughs> lumbar spine to get uh, the fluid that is in there and find whether you find uh, fungus into the the cerebrospinal fluid. So that needs to be done at hospital, and and once you uh, are diagnosed. If you have cryptococcus inside your um, cerebrospinal fluid, um, then you need to take uh, treatment with two drugs, um, alpharicin and flucytosine. Now, alpharicin is relatively toxic uh, for for the kidneys, and um, but it is available in the public sector uh, at the moment. Uh, like there is a, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, doc. No, okay. Um, there's a there's a safer form 
of uh, amphotericin that's called liposomal amphotericin. At the moment, that is still uh, very expensive, um, and so there there is a lot of advocacy towards um, Gilead, the, the company making um, uh, liposomal amphotericin B, to, to well to reduce the price to to ensure that we we get access at a cheaper price, and then also. Uh, to try and allow a generic production. And then the last one is a drug called flocytosine. Flocytosine is, is reduces mortality by 40%. It's an essential drug uh, for cryptococcal meningitis, and it is not registered in any African country at the moment uh, because there was, um, well, because of market failure. Mm. It was not in the guidelines. There was low demand uh, uh, companies were probably not interested to register. Now this is slowly changing, and uh, in South Africa we have um, a clinical access project actually started initially by Doctors Without Borders who, who were uh, uh, donating flucytosin. Do- Doc, I, I'd like you to just hold that thought. We'll come back uh, to uh, the, the, the medication that is available for this uh, cryptococcal meningitis. A-teamers, is 20 minutes after 10. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. A-teamers, we are talking to Dr. Jill van Kutsum, who's an honorary research associate at uh, the Center for Infectious Disease Epidemiology and Research at the University of Cape Town. We are talking about um, HIV and people who are, who are dying from a treatable but neglected disease, which is uh, that of um, cryptococcal meningitis. And uh, Doc, before the break, you were telling us about uh, some of the treatment that is available. Yes, I was talking about um, flucytosine because <clears throat> flucytosine is a, is the key drug, one of the two key drugs to reduce mortality of cryptococcal meningitis. And as I was saying, it's not registered in any uh, African country so far, and uh, it's it's not that expensive. It costs a hundred US dollar uh, for for one treatment. The problem at the moment is is access um, and and registration. So now finally there's a there's a process of uh, of well the file has been submitted to the South African regulator Safra, um, and we hope that um, it will be approved uh, soon. Meanwhile, um, we we. Providing access to um, uh, flucytosine through uh, what's called a clinical access program, which needs to ask special authorization to use an unregistered drug. And South Africa is probably the the country in Africa that has most access to flucytosine. Uh, when we move north, um, uh, very few patients with cryptococcal meningitis um, uh, access this drug that is critical to reduce mortality. I mean, that's why um, a group of organizations launched this um, advocacy framework uh, yesterday to ask that that there is a global plan put in place um, and that we start um, um, putting clear targets in terms of... Because there is, there is a, there's a policy for uh, TB. There's an end TB death. We know... We need to decrease. Uh, we need to diagnose so many TB cases uh, per year. We 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 know um, what needs to happen with treatment, etc. Cryptococcal meningitis 
and actually other causes of uh, HIV-related deaths are uh, very neglected. There's nobody. There's no clear plan in place uh, in, in terms of getting access to the tests, getting access to the drugs, and, and so yeah, that is why we we put out this um, this this um, a framework that we hope will be will convince um, global organizations like the, the World Health Organizations as well as um, uh, ministries of health to start um, putting in place a plan for um, access to testing and treatment of cryptococcal meningitis. Do you, th- Doc, yeah. do you, do you think this should be uh, something that uh, starts from World Health Organization so that it could be taken as seriously as TB has been taken? I mean, we look at the pandemic of COVID-19 and we realize that when, when everyone is pulling together, we are able to quickly find uh, solutions, quickly find ways of vaccinations and, and the likes. Do you feel that if the bigger structures in the health fraternity were to look at this cryptococcal meningitis, there would be more a buy-in in getting a strategy to eliminate it altogether. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, COVID-19 has shown us, has shown the world what can be done when, when there is concerted efforts and attention towards one disease, COVID-19. There's never been as much research or uh, as much production of, I mean, a new vaccine in less than a year, not one vaccine, ten new vaccines in, in less than a year. So, so COVID-19 is a disease that shows what can be done. Um, cryptococcal meningitis is, uh, is a completely neglected disease that shows what happens when, when there is no uh, concerted effort or, or uh, global attention. Uh, now, to be... Just very briefly, um, South Africa has been relatively um, good and I think has championed um, um, the fight against cryptococcal meningitis by putting in place this early screening program and uh, by having some limited access uh, to flocytidine. But those are baby steps. Now we we really need to have a, a national scale up and then a global plan. Let's go to some of our A-teamers who want to interact with you. The number to dial if you'd like to join in uh, is 011714206. That's to call in or SMS 41391 to WhatsApp 0614104107. good evening. Good evening, Dongkululeko. Good evening. And again, enjoy your weekend in advance. Okay, and then my question to the dog. Nongoleko, I'm sure the dog is aware that um, the pre-regimen pills in the HIV treatment, they send entracetabine, 10 of war, something like that, and efferens. Well, they are quite good insofar as they reduce the viral load, all right? And mm-hmm. they've got very few side effects. But I'm going to mention the side effects of one of those pills, efferens, and the side effect that is predominantly known is that that pill can cause hallucinations, right? In other words, one can be suspected to be quite flippantly mad, right? It affects the brain. Now, it seems to me that I'm like a deer, hit by the traffic light 
through, I don't know, Patricia, about less than 10 years ago, my best friend in PE, I was in Cape Town at the time, you know, succumbed to meningitis. And I'm afraid, from what I was told, it looks like it was misdiagnosed. Because, Patricia, you do remember that people don't die from AIDS, but actually they die from opportunistic disease. Disease. Now, my friend, it was an all, 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 I mean, announced, Patricia, that he died because of meningitis-related diseases. I was confused. So were many people. Now, the question to dog, could it not been, have been caused by the side effects of efferents, or if it was indeed meningitis, looks like Patricia that my friend went to the private hospital here in PE, and it appears he must have been misdiagnosed or was diagnosed late. And the doctor quite rightly said, if this thing is misdiagnosed or mistreated, the fatality is 100%. And it is true to my friend because we lost him about less than 10 years ago. Patricia, good Good evening. Thank you very much, Ngonde. Uh, Dr. Van Kutzen, please uh, do respond around uh, the HIV uh, drug regime and also the, the, the possible effects on, on, on the meningitis that one can contract. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for a very thoughtful and well-informed uh, question. So it, it's true that the, the, the triple therapy for antiretroviral therapy until recently was, was the one you mentioned, tenofovir, um, uh, lamivudine and efavirenz, and it is true that efavirenz can cause uh, what we call neuropsychiatric side effects. Most of the time, it's, it's dizziness, but uh, uh, or, or difficulty uh, to fall asleep, insomnia, and sometimes it can also cause um, uh, uh, confusion. It, it it would definitely not cause death. Um, so so the. the you know, the person would not die from um, uh, neuropsychiatric side effects of a severance. You, you, can, you can have um, liver failure, rarely, but, but in a few cases that happens. Um, what is very possible is your, uh, you, your hypothesis that um, cryptococcal meningitis or TB meningitis was uh, either missed which is which was very common in the past, or diagnosed late, uh, because um, you, you have to realize that even when we diagnose cryptococcal meningitis, as long as we don't have access to the the best drug regimens, um, the the survival rate is still very low. Without any drugs, the survival rate is zero. With uh, just fluconazole, an oral drug it becomes 20%. If you use uh, aflatericin, you can, you can rate survival to maybe 40, 50%. And if you use aflatericin and flatcytosine followed by fluconazole, then you can raise it to, to, to 70% survival. Um, it, it, 10 years ago, it's very possible that uh, um, either the... Cryptococcal meningitis was entirely missed or or uh, uh, started late and and so so that uh, and and then of course I, I mean it's difficult to say for a case like that you have also other possibilities than uh, TB meningitis you, you have other opportunistic infections that could uh, cause um, um, 
hallucinations or confusion and death. Now, um, I've got a voice note here from our A team. Uh, let's go to it. Good evening, this is Patricia. Enjoying your line up in terms of uh, the topics that you have tabled for tonight. Uh, I'd like to comment on this uh, topic that the doctor uh, is bringing to us as the A-teamers this very evening. Um, I saw a post on Facebook where the uh, the is it the wife that was uh the wife that was positive in fact the husband that was positive and the wife was then negative and the children were all negative and uh of course this was attributed to the fact that um the husband was taking his uh medication so now my question is this uh we do know that taking your medication does suppress your viral load right but what about uh some of the theories that are having their rounds to say that if you have a certain blood type uh, or you sleep with someone who has a certain blood type then uh, they uh, that person may not have HIV. How true is it from the doctor there? Thank you so much. I, I myself have tested and um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you have tested and you know your status, Atima. Doctor, please do respond to the question. Yes, so you, you probably have heard the, the, the term U equals U, uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. When a person who is living with HIV is on antiretroviral therapy and his viral load, so the number of viruses in his blood is undetectable, which is meaning the treatment is working, is treating the treatment well, uh, the risk of transmission is almost zero. There's been very large studies looking at that and, and once your viral load is completely suppressed, you do not transmit HIV. That's the most likely uh, explanation. Um, transmissibility is not linked to blood type. Uh, different blood types um, um, <laughs> do all have the same chances of, of uh, being infected with HIV. There is an extremely rare um, um, a condition where uh, um, people don't have the receptors for HIV and cannot be infected, but that is one in a million. It's really, it's it's very, very, very rare, and uh, and uh, and even rarer in South Africa. Mm. But yeah. And uh, l- let me just uh, read uh, this one. It says another, well, another question. Um, uh, no, let's go to this one. It is deliberate that HIV AIDS, a permanent treatment, is not yet found since its uh, discovery many decades ago. This is from Maluse uh, from Mahala Kwena. This, I don't know. Is, is it deliberate that there's no permanent treatment or some sort of vaccination against HIV? No, I, I don't think it's deliberate. Um, so there has been research for the past 30 years on uh, on a vaccine, both uh, a preventative vaccine and um, a vaccine that that you could that could stimulate your your immunity um, to control HIV. Unfortunately, uh, uh, HIV is extremely uh, it's very difficult to develop a vaccine against HIV because HIV mutates, it multiplies so quickly and so much 
and and mutates so much that it's HIV is constantly changing. So it's not like uh, COVID, where you do have mutations in COVID, but but uh, not at all at the same rate as HIV. So it's mu- it was much easier to to find a vaccine uh, for COVID than than for HIV. And uh, yeah, there are st- there are promising trials. Um, there there's a yeah, I don't think at all that it's deliberate that uh, that we haven't found a cure because contrary to cryptococcal meningitis, HIV has benefited from substantial research and uh, the treatments are constantly improving. Mm-hmm. So now we have so the, the efference that was mentioned by the gentleman earlier has now been replaced by dolutegravir, which is a drug that, that has even less side effects and to which HIV... Uh, um, develops less easily uh, resistance. And uh, the next things coming are long-acting um, long injectable ARVs, which is now, they won't be uh, uh, affordable or accessible yet, but they exist and they will come to the market where people can have one injection every two months uh, of their ARVs, and then uh, people are developing implants uh, with ARVs. That's a little bit further along the line, but so um, we, yeah. And then the, the the last very interesting field of research is, is broadly neutralizing antibodies. It's uh, it's uh, yeah creating um, antibodies against uh, HIV, um, and there. Well, that's another field of research that that may yield very good results in the future. So, so no, there is hope. Things are progressing. I hope that we will uh, see a cure for HIV uh, in our lifetime still. But, uh, yeah, no guarantees. Well, uh, Dr. Van Kutzen, thank you very much for joining us this evening and shedding light. And hopefully we'll find that uh, this particular strain of meningitis will be given priority and managed so that people um, living with HIV or with any uh, disease that's immune compromising can get treatment um, in time so that we can prevent deaths. Thank you very much for your for your time this evening.